All right, guys, welcome back to another interview on everyone here today on What's the Gen. Again, joined by Chris Duncan, The Problem. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's great to have you on the show, obviously, last week, the Contender Series. You set the world on fire. Uh, thousands of views everywhere. It's just, it, it, I bet the week for you has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's been good. It's not really sunk in quite yet. Um, I haven't really had... That everybody's, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm trying not to sound too big headed, but everybody's want to see me and everybody's want to like do their bit and congratulate me. So I've not had much time to spend with my family yet. So we're trying to work that in. I had a good day on Monday, took my daughter out. We went to, in shopping, uh, I bought her some clothes, bought her some stuff and uh, made me feel a wee bit like a dad again. So it's been good to c come home and spend time uh, with my girlfriend and my, my daughter. So I'm looking forward to going out with my girlfriend on Saturday. We're going to go on a date night, so I've not had a date night in a wee while. So back to normal life for a little bit. Yeah, that was one of my questions. It was going to how did when you came back to your family? How did you celebrate? And obviously, you told you you went shopping with you with your little girl. Yeah, yeah. So you told me after my win. So no, it was actually before that they were going to follow me about with a camera. So uh, they followed me about um, like in the the lead up to the actual fight itself after the weigh-ins. Um, and then after my win, they said that they're going to come up to Scotland and do a bit of filming. So obviously that's probably to, to build for the next fight. So um, they were following me about on Sunday from about 11 in the morning. Um, we had a little celebration at the gym. You'll probably see it when it all comes out. Um, and uh, then we went back to my house for a barbecue and a few beers. So it's been good to spend time with everybody. Um, as I say, I've still not I've come down off this high yet. So... Uh, looking forward to like um, I'm actually looking forward to getting back into fighting as well like uh, the the pressure's off now you know that like I can go out there I know this might sound a bit silly but like I went out there and banged them out quite quick and that's why I got into the UFC to start off with but I'm looking forward to having a a fight in the UFC and not having to feel that peer pressure to to put the boy away and finish him uh, to get the contract because you can always win in the, the Dana White's contender series and not get your contract so that played in my mind a little bit so um yeah i'm looking forward to going out there and showcasing my skills and i'm actually quite anxious about who they give me it's like who are they going to give me now because like i know most of the lightweights in the usc roster so it's quite exciting yeah and you said that you know most of the lightweights because you're a fighter but you are most importantly a fan yourself as well yeah yeah for sure and then you talked about the barbecue i just want to quit yours so what was the beer of choice well, I was actually drinking the Hollerhead that they gave me at Dana White's Contender. <laughs> and then I, I like a Budweiser. Uh, Budweiser's a good choice. Budweiser's a solid choice. Um, I've never tried the Hollerhead, though. I'm, I'm, I don't know where... Can you, get it, can you get it over here? Yeah, you can get Budweiser here, but... No, Hollerhead. Miller. Um, but they don't really sell it here. It's, you can get it sometimes, but uh, Miller's definitely my favourite drink. Yeah, I, I was um, talking about the, the Hollerhead. Can you get it over here in the UK? I don't think so. Uh, so obviously yeah. they gave me uh, after my fight and after my win. So yeah. I brought that back in the suitcase and started scalping that. <laughs> so the only thing about the Howlerhead is if you drink a big swig, it's very strong. But see, if yeah. you just have a bit of it, it's actually quite nice. You can taste the banana and stuff through it. God, I should get a sponsorship for these Howlerhead. For, for a Scottish guy to say a drink's very strong, you got you know it's strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish guy that... Um, as the founder of Hollerhead, along with Dana White. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I haven't tried it though. But every every time, obviously, we see Molly McCann over there. She's she's swigging it. She's having a go. She loves that shit, doesn't she? 
Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about obviously the fight and the big elephant in the room is that obviously you're now a UFC fighter. Um, how did that initially sound when you know when he called your name out? Like for for like oh I, I knew I was getting the contract, mate. Like banging a guy like that, Jesus Christ, you know. Especially um, like people who think I was rocked and all that sort of stuff. I was. Don't get me wrong. Like he hit me some good shots. The biggest thing is he's poked me in the eye. Uh, it didn't poke me in the eye, sorry. It punched me in the eye, and it's blurred. It's um, messed up my vision a little bit. So I've actually been. To, I went to opticians on Tuesday there, um, and I'm going to the opticians again tomorrow. There's a little bit of a, a little bit of damage in the eye that I need to take care of. So um, they're, I don't. I don't think they're worried about it, but they want to. I think they're going to send me to a specialist if it's not cleared up tomorrow. Um, so that was the biggest thing in the fight was obviously that when he punched me, um, it's hit the inside of my eye and it scratched the cornea and scratched all the uh, the layers of the, the skin in the eye. Or I don't, I don't, they were explaining it to me, but I'm I'm a big retard. I don't really know what's going on. So um, the big thing for me is that the division is uh, a bit blurred in this eye a little bit still. And my eye like, uh, waters a little bit. And then in the morning when I wake up, there's a a little bit of um, like gunk around my eye. So I need to get that fixed before I even think about taking a fight. So, um, yeah, that was the biggest thing I needed to overcome in the fight. And when when we were in the fight, he was still hitting me, don't get me wrong, but that, as I say, the vision was really bugging me and he kept swarming me. And I thought he was going to like off me a little bit. So I was trying to jab and move and hit and move and circle off and he just wasn't giving me the chance. So I just sat down on my punches and just threw a one-two, uh, I felt him with a jab, obviously, and just made sure I got my head off the centre line because he was hitting me with some really good uppercuts, so I needed to make sure my head was off the centre line so I didn't get hit again. Yeah, it, it was a firefight for as long as it lasted, uh, as you were talking about the knees, the uppercuts, and obviously the calf kick as well, you mentioned that, uh, but when you landed that big Scottish cannon down that middle, how did you know it was sweet and it connected? Because one eye was away at the shop and one eye was getting the change. <laughs> <laughs> like, his eyes were crossed like, when he was going down. And I was like, oh, he's out. And in the back of my mind, I wanted to do like a walk-off KO. But I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to give him a chance to get back up. So jumped on him, hit him another two shots. But like the, the other two shots, like I didn't need them. Eh? He was fucking, he was away with the fairies. So um, I'm just glad I got it done. And I feel bad. Obviously, I don't want to. I don't want to cause anybody any harm as such. But it's either me or it's him. So um, and he would have thought the same. So he's happy that um, he specifically said to me after the fight. He said, "I'm glad I lost to somebody like yourself rather than like you know." I think he was. I think he knew it was going to be a challenge for him. So um, I'm just happy I got the job done, man. And uh, as as much as it was a tough fight for him. It was a tough fight for me, man. Like uh, I was very nervous throughout the camp, and I think that really, um, really uh, like pushed me to train hard and train right and recover right and uh, do all the right things. I was obviously an American top team, so yeah. Yeah, I watched our, our last interview. Um, it was January 2021, January 2021, when you were still in Bellator. And in that interview, you called out Kiefer Crosby, and I was just thinking to myself how that ship has sailed. Oh, man, he's... Well, you see, he's left Bellator now. Um, what's he doing? Is he doing bare knuckle boxing or not? What's he doing? Um, I, I think he had like a, a, a regional MMA fight uh, in maybe Netherlands, I want to say. Oh, and he fought some guy. It was like 0-4 or something, didn't he? He fought some chump. 
Yeah, um, I'll tell you in about two seconds. Um, here we go. He fought in the, I don't know how to say it, something fight championship, Brian Lonejo, he's 6-12. and 12 and 6-12? Uh, <laughs> he was 6-12? and 12. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's not a good record, is it? <laughs> but I was just thinking to myself, how how far you came in a year and a bit, now obviously getting the consent, or had fought in the consent series and fought again, it was truly inspiring because obviously you had that redemption and you came back and you got that contract eventually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, the big thing for me, man, like, I've got nothing against you for Crosby and stuff like that, but, like, see guys like that, they're all mouth and that's how they get themselves to the top. And I might not be mouth. I, do, I, I will chat a bit of shit back and forth just to, you know, obviously, like, I mean it. Like, it's not like chatting shit, but, like, he's all mouth and then that gets everybody, like, attached to him and stuff like that whereas I'm sitting grinding and I'm I'm sitting in the background just letting my actions take 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 uh, take action you know like I'm not I'm not like using my mouth to get me where I want to be I'm making sure that I put on a performance and then getting there like obviously I went from Bellator I fought a guy um, outside of Bellator uh, and I fought a guy who did, I, I fought in London I was meant to get a fight with a guy that was 13 and 4. And he pulled out the week of the fight, so I ended up getting a guy that wasn't got the best record. But the guy came to fight, and he wasn't um, he wasn't like a he wasn't no mug. He's like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, brown belt. He's what he just won a jiu-jitsu competition there in Brazil. So like that, the guy isn't like that bad. Um, but like as I say, sometimes those things. Um, like don't work out because I picked I was either him or um, a guy from Brazil he had a, a record of 13-4 but as I said he pulled out that week of the fight um, so that guy stepped in we were meant to fight at 77 kilos but like he weighed in at 80 kilos and I was like Jesus you know it's one of those things that you've got to deal with as a fighter but what can you do You know, as I said to my manager as well you know he lines them up I'll knock them down so um just keep the head down, focus on my career and focus on getting better as myself. I find myself comparing myself to um, other fighters and other people's careers, whereas my career is going to be totally different from them. So I just need to focus on getting better every single day um, and look forward to the future. Absolutely. Uh, the the future is bright uh, for Scottish MMA, for yourself. Um, we'll, we'll move swiftly back to you know, the Chris uh, Chris Campbell fight. Um, you talk to, you, you talk about in, in what after the fight, how he kept on doing this hand gesture and you knew that he kept on dropping his hand. That's when you threw that right hand. Is that something that you saw in camp, the lead up that you would take uh, utilise of? Yeah, for sure. So when, when he started to hit me and I, I, I looked at his videos and it was nothing that we really planned. Um, it was more... More in the sense that, like, I, I kind of I recognised it. I was like, this guy's getting into his groove a little bit here. So um, he started to, like, kind of make his hand getting in his groove and he's moving his head. And um, that kind of gave me the indication that he's just going to be coming forward. So um, that was when that was when I made the, the conscious decision within the firefight to just sit down on my punches rather than move away from him, you know? Yeah, what what was the game plan uh, heading into the fight with Charlie? I, I know the famous saying everyone has a game plan before they get hit, but what was the idea of you, what you were going to do? Um, no, there was there was no game plan this time. Um, there was going there and fight my fight. Uh, we understood that he had good calf kicks. We understood he had a good overhand right, which he got me with both, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but um, at the end of the day, uh, I prepared 
for what happened. Um, I've got power on both hands, both feet. You know, it's just it's just in my nature to have power. So, uh, like we prepared for him, we understood. I did watch too much footage of him, but as I say, I think that the main the main thing that really made me win that fight was I was scared of Charlie Campbell in the sense that it made me train hard and it made me train right. Um, and I'm scared of most opponents, to be honest, because you're all the, in MMA, you're always one punch or one choke away from making a mistake. So uh, I feel that really pushes me forward and makes me train in the right fashion. Yeah, I, I think that takes a lot for you to say that, obviously, because everyone thinks, you know, these MMA fighters, these titanium, like, me, like mental, and they're very, very good at controlling it. And obviously, it's very good to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we talk about a fight, um, obviously it was an absolutely wild fight for as long as it lasted. Um, the calf kicks, the uppercuts, um, you got stumbled a little bit. Um, did you think maybe when you got you know, stumbled, did you think, oh, maybe here we go, a little bit of deja vu? Yeah, for sure. When I had them against the wall and I was trying to get a single leg, I said to myself, I was like, this isn't fucking happening again. You can fuck off. So, um, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I didn't think I was going to be out. I was like, this can't happen again. Like, this isn't. I'm not doing all this training, eight, nine weeks of training to come all the way to Vegas and then this happen again. So that was the where I made the conscious decision to sit down on my punches and you can see that from the video. Absolutely. It was a fantastic fight. Um, um, my next question about the eye poke, you described it um, earlier on. Uh, hopefully that heals up. Hopefully that's just only a precaution. It's, it's nothing too serious. Oh, no, I don't think it will be. I think it's just a check. Sure that these are all um, like uh, fixed, and I just want to make sure I like don't lose an eye. I don't want to be like Michael Bisping or something like that, you know. So think a little bit of time, and I just the UFC is such an amazing company that these guys look after you, um, not only through nutrition and like obviously you see the PI and stuff like that, but they they send you emails like courtesy emails to see how you're getting on and making sure that you go and get your checks that you need. Uh, absolutely, I just had a dog's bark there, so sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, we're, I don't know if you heard them or not, but um, they're, they're, being, they're being little shits today, should we say. Uh, but yeah, the, hopefully it's only a precaution, um, nothing too serious. But um, w w was this like the way you wanted to win? Obviously, you showed you had the heart, you had the you know, durability, you came back and you won, you got the knockout. Was this the way you wanted the fight to go and how, how to get the contract? Uh, well, yes, no. I got my contract at the end of the day. I actually wanted to go three rounds. Uh, I wanted to make sure that um, I got some cage time, but listen, you got a piss with the cock you got, so I knocked him out first round, two minutes in. What's that? Nine weeks of training, right? So, how can we work this out? Six days a week, four hours a day for two minutes. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's a bit like uh, there's a little bit of relief because I get like post fight blues because MMA and uh, fighting's my life, so I get a little bit of. Uh, post-fight blues and feel a bit down about not having a fight and not having a purpose but I think it's a little bit more bittersweet now that I've got my UFC contract and uh, I know for a fact that I will get fights now so I, I had a big trouble that, that the only reason why I left Bellator was because they wouldn't give me fights because of COVID and it, it's not, not their fault and it wasn't my fault it was just the world came to a standstill and as you know the UFC were the only sport in the world that managed to continue so now to be a part of that that uh, that co company is going to make my life so much easier. Um, not so much a financial stage, you know, but like because I was getting good money elsewhere as well. But like um, it's just the 
I now know that the UFC will supply me fights. Yeah, and most importantly, the, 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 probably one of the best at marketing that we have inside MMA. Um, if you look at your followers, you know, the views that you've had in that last week. Fucking hell, man. My fucking followers went up nearly fucking 5,000. It was unreal. And it's, it's only the beginning, because when you get your next fight, that'll be on an even bigger stage, and it'll just keep on coming. Yeah, for sure. The Instagram followers are not like the, the be-all and end-all, but it's still good to have, you know. It's like, fucking hell, I've got all these people following me now. <laughs> Just a guy from Scotland, and the next thing you know, you got obviously you talked about twelve thousand five hundred followers now, so it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, twelve thousand seven. I checked this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, I think I checked last night. I think so. You must have got two hundred or so throughout the night. For sure, like obviously in America, the time zones and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about the fight, um, and you, you talked about um, was it a sort of fight that you expected, Charlie? Did you expect him to come out hot? Um, obviously, a lot of pressure up against the fence. Yeah, yeah. I thought he would have been a bit more uh, controlled with uh, the finish. If he tried to, like, obviously, he got me on wobbly legs. I thought he would have been a bit more controlled. That's why he tried to jab and move. Uh, but he made the critical error uh, that he started to come forward and, you know, his head was right down the middle and I just threw that one too. But, yeah, uh, I didn't really... Uh, that's the thing. We, we spoke to my coaches and stuff like it. And I imagined every every uh, like outcome of that fight, you know, because you know what it's like, man. People think they're a striker until I hit them, and then they end up starting to grapple with me. So I'm always ready for that. And um, I spend the majority of my camp wrestling, and I spend the majority of my camp doing jiu-jitsu. So um, striking, I feel, comes very naturally to me. Uh, I've always got that natural power. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next test. And figuring out and trying to work at that chess match for my next my next opponent. Yeah, we, we, a lot of fighters in the MMA career, the well and losses. We we talked about Keith Crosby. He had his first loss and he lost again. It seemed like when you lose, you, you start to have that little um, jagged uh, uh, schedule. But with you, you said your last loss. It was the best thing that ever happened to you, and it's it's really showed in them last two performances at UFL in London against. Um, uh, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Um, Carlos, I think his name is. Yeah, the, and then obviously in in your last fight against Charlie Campbell, um, you talked about the loss being the best thing that's ever happened to you. But what what did exactly like, you know teach you? Or what, what did it tell you? So when I used to go into fights, it was like life or death. It still is. You need to kill me to get me out of there. So you need to knock me out or submit me. So that's the mindset I still do have. But I need to be a little bit more calm and collective, and that's what got me the win because. I was still been, I was still able to make the conscious decision um, to sit down on my punches in that last kind of couple of seconds of the fight. Um, so like my mindset's changed. So it is life or death, but it isn't. I need to be a little bit more aware of the room because uh, I used to try and like I used to like burn out nervous energy by trying to like stare at my opponent until he got into the cage and all that sort of stuff. So now I've I've kind of made it a bit more relaxed. Um, and I can almost guarantee there's going to be more finishes come out of that because I'm more aware of my surroundings. Yeah, you talked about ATT, how it was a big, big thing in the lead-up. Um, what was it like training over there in Florida? Mate, different gravy over there, that's all I can say. Um, they treat anybody that comes in the door as a, a world champion, which is absolutely phenomenal, you know. They treated me just as well. Well, I don't. I, I'm not saying that, but like it made me feel like when I walked in the door that I was very important and it made me feel right at home and you don't get that very many places in the gym um, and I'm still in contact with some of the guys from there I've made some really good friends so 
I'm looking forward to getting back out there as soon as possible. And then moving over to my last few questions. Um, obviously now inside the UFC, there's a lot of avenues that you know you can go down. Um, we've seen the UFC come to England a, a few times this year. I'm sure that would put you a smile in your face if you could fight in front of the UFC, in the, obviously in England or Scotland, hopefully. Yeah, or even Scotland at the Hydro, but I don't think they would do that. The last time, the last time they came to Scotland was at uh, Santiago Potanibia versus Gunnar Nelson in like 2017, and that was the last show um, in Scotland. I, I actually went to that show in the Hydro Arena, and the, on, yeah. honestly, the atmosphere was fantastic. And I don't understand why they don't go back. Do you know what's quite a funny story? Uh, you know, like um, when I went over there. Obviously, I was a fan when I went to. When was that? When was uh, what? What year was uh, UFC Glasgow? When was that? It was 2017, I, I believe. So I don't even think I was a professional at that stage. So <laughs> I was still an amateur, and I'm sitting in that hall watching Santiago Ponzinibbio come out. I got a picture with him when he walked up the road, and one of my sparring partners when I was on American Top Team was Santiago Ponzinibbio. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And I said that to him, I was like, mate, like, I'm a big fan. Like, I used to come out, I, I, I watched you knock out Gunnar Nelson, and now we're sparring together. I was like, it's like an honour, you know. Um, and, you know, it just shows you, like, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome when I was over there. Like, I didn't really feel like I belonged belonged there. But after one or two weeks, you know, my, my skill set started to prevail. Um, guys like Mike Brown... Um, like all these people, like all the coaches and stuff, are like, bro, you're really good. Like, like you've got time to grow. You're still young to the sport. I'm only, I've only been in it four years, and mate, I can't even fathom how much I learned over there. It's like I couldn't take it all in. I've probably forgotten some stuff, but I, I've definitely learned loads. And it's just, it's really weird to think that you know I was sitting in a crowd watching Santiago, and then him walking out, and I got a picture as a fan. And then him to be stepping in and helping me to prepare for my fight. It's like, it's really weird that, like, how everything, like, how focused I was of getting there. And then I'm still training, I'm training in the same gym as him. Like, he's a top 10 welterweight. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I was at that event too. I, I was watching that as a fan, and it, it, it's just crazy how obviously he talked about how how time how time goes. Now you're obviously in the sport, uh, in the UFC division. Obviously, a teammate of Santiago who fought in that event, and it's crazy. Um, so ultimately, if the UFC does come to Scotland, we've got some really good Scottish fighters. You've got Casey O'Neill, we've got you, we've got Paul Craig. It's definitely an event, and we've got other guys that they could sign. That, it, it, we, that you know they, we could make a really good event. Yeah, for sure, and. Um, you know, like, even, like, you say, like, you're trying to, like, name off the Scottish people. What's wrong with the English folk coming through, you know? Like, uh, there's a lot of people as well that could be saying, you know, like, you've got, obviously, Paddy Pimlet as well. He seems to be the biggest name. Molly McCann. Um, you know, like, we've got people from Wales and stuff like that as well. Like, like unbelievable. I, I can't even fathom how good the, the Welsh, uh, not the Welsh, we've seen the Welsh wrestling is. Like, I was, like, really, really... Like Jack Shore, like whoa, unbelievable wrestling, really good. Absolutely. So my last question is obviously, um, hopefully the the eye heals up. Um, how busy? You know, we've got six months left of the of the year. How busy do you want to stay in that period? I'd like to get another one in for sure before Christmas. Um, cool. Like uh, November would be ideal, uh, but we just need to talk with my manager, see what uh, sort of fights uh, we can can organize because number one i think my visa runs out in october and um, so unless they want to get me a new visa which they probably will um 
and that would all depend on where whereabouts I would fight. Because um, I could fight in Abu Dhabi without a visa, I think, because um, it's still in uh, in the kind of criteria for for the UK. Um, I'd like to fight in America. I really enjoy it, mm. you know. And then obviously train the ATT. It's just a, a quick uh, flight across. Absolutely. Um, well, what happens next? Where you're stateside, um, Abu Dhabi, as you talked there. Congratulations, has been a new UFC fight. I, say, I, I, I believe it's a fantastic accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely a fantastic achievement. And I think only the best is yet to come yet. So you've got, a, I know you're in the UFC now, but I think that what's next and how it's going to go, you're just going to go from stride to stride. Thank you, mate. And then, like I say, you know, like anything you want to, a little interview on that. I'm more than happy because you gave me the time when I was a nobody and now I'm supposed to be in the USC. I'm supposed to be somebody, but um, guys like yourself, you know, you always uh, take the time out to interview the guys that are on the way up and at the top. So I appreciate your time as much as you appreciate mine. Oh, man, that, that almost made me cry. Thank you so much, Chris. It's um absolute <laughs> pleasure. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. It uh, looks quite sunny over there in Scotland, so enjoy your day. Speak to you soon, buddy. Thanks again. All right, guys, welcome back to another podcast today on here today. I'm once again joined by Oscar Silva. How's it going? It's going fantastic over here in Chicago, Illinois. We had Patty Bimblet and uh, Molly McCann visit us over here, and they really enjoyed themselves. I think you should learn from them and come visit the Windy City sooner rather than later. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it on Instagram. Obviously, they've been to Chicago. It looked like they, go to see, they went to see Elton John, if I'm correct. Yes, yeah, he was in town, yeah. I thought Elton John had his retirement tour like a couple of years ago, but apparently he's back and he's still releasing those hits. <laughs> yeah, it was um, a little like a good show in a big stadium. I, obviously, I'm not too fond of uh, what what's that what that stadium was. I believe it was a Soldier Field. Is is that a football ground? Yeah, it's a football uh, field where the Chicago Bears play. Oh, okay, got you, got you. I mean, when we talk about football, obviously we're talking about American football here, um, yeah. in, in, over here in football, obviously soccer. But you know, you know how it goes. But yeah, we had some fights this weekend, and they were fantastic. Ten finishes, ten, uh, ten fights, and ten finishes. Um, the second ever time in UFC modern history. The first time was obviously UFC uh, in UFC in 2014, Bisping versus Rockhold number one. Yeah, and I and I saw that card last year, and it was crazy. The pacing was so much fun. Because you just add the fights going back to back to back nonstop. It didn't feel like a chore to watch. That was the same thing for this card. There were a lot of uh, unnecessary uh, commercials and uh, commentator breakdowns because they had to fill that time. But the fights themselves over-delivered massively to me. We even had uh, Coy McKenna versus Miranda Granger, which I was certain would go to decision. We had the first female Von Flew choke. So this card was bonkers, and uh, I really can't wait to... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Break. Watching it live was obviously fantastic, and uh, I, I was thinking, surely this one's not going to get finished, and it, I, after five finishes in a row, I was thinking, maybe this could go all the way. Yeah, and uh, for Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal, I thought it would be Luque getting the finish in the third round, but it was actually Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal somehow finds a way to knock out the knockout to pull uh Vicente Luque. Luque has been in a fight where he took the record for the most uh significant strikes in a welterweight fight against Brian Barberina and he did not go down. So for Jeff Neal to do that is our true accomplishment and 
it really shows that Jeff Neal is now ready to make a title in, in my opinion. Absolutely. We'll get to that fight in a short few moments, but we're starting top of the uh, top of the bill. And I've just realized I've got the wrong screen actually up. But yes, the, the, the main event obviously was Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos, a fantastic main event and Jamal Hill getting the better of the Brazilian. Yeah, UFC Vegas 59 was headlined by Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill and Tiago Mahetta Santos. Uh, on this show, I picked Tiago Santos, but uh, people talked me out of that pick. Tiago Santos is in a clear decline, and he had a style where he probably would fall behind on the judges' scorecards. But what I had no idea that Tiago would do is wrestle. I had no indication that led me to think that Tiago would wrestle, but that shows you how dangerous Jamal Hill is on the feet. Uh, but I do have to commend Tiago for returning to his old ways. He fought like a madman, and he had some success doing so. I really think he got Jamal Hill with some good shots. In round one, he landed the heaviest strike of the fight. It really uh, busted up Jamal, and that won him the first round. And then in round two, uh, we see more of the same, but Tiago starts going for some takedowns, doesn't get any of them, and Jamal Hill does more damage on the feet in round two. But round three, that was a fascinating round because Tiago turns turns into a straight-up uh, re relentless wrestler. He goes for countless takedowns until Jamal Hill eventually gives them up, and he got six total takedowns in this fight. And it wasn't like he was getting them easily. He was exerting himself the whole way. And in my personal opinion, I thought that was a bad game plan because Tiago is so not used to grappling. It really tired him out. So much so that he turned his back and left himself vulnerable to strikes from Jamal. And come round four, he was cooked. Jamal Hill was very tired as well, but it was Tiago that was really exerting himself out with the takedown attempts. So Jamal Hill was able to drop Tiago, uh, hit him with ground and pound until the ref pulled him off. And Jamal Hill now has gotten himself his biggest win, and he now has a ranking within the top ten. And Jamal Hill now has proved that he can hang with the top dogs because don't forget, Tiago had a split decision with the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Uh, a close split decision. Uh, arguably, people you know could have gave him that fight that day. But yeah, as, as you talked about, Jamal Hill goes to number six in the rankings. Um, and then obviously we've got, we've got uh, Mills in the chat saying, wait, I know this, mate. Uh, I think I know you, Mills, too. Uh, go check out MA Locker Room over there. He's doing good things. Uh, in interviewing over at Pub Sports Radio. Uh, and doing, He's got a betting show, but I can't remember the name of it. And um, top of my head. So I'm sorry, Mills, but it, it, maybe put in the chat and I'll put it back up. But yeah, he's got a betting show. Um, go check out. He does some good bets over there. Uh, but yeah, Jamal Hill did what he needed to do. Rank number six in the world. Incredible. Uh, a fantastic win. Um, both guys, as you talked about, were absolutely knackered. And it just seemed who, who had that little bit more left in him to get that finish. Yeah, and that was Jamal Hill. Uh, I really thought that this fight would be longer than a lot of people thought. A lot of people were thinking Jamal Hill would get a quick finish. And he did not. And I recommended people bet the over three and a half rounds. And if you look at that right there, it was a second over that time. <laughs> That's absolutely wild. I was thinking uh, that uh, that I just had fallen on bad luck, but one second over the time, and that over three and a half cash is at plus money. Absolutely. A fantastic uh, main event. And uh, it, it obviously it topped off a fantastic event as well. And the co-main event, we topped, we topped on it briefly before, obviously, we talked about the main event. 
it, this was fantastic. And uh, we talked about how good Luke was last week and how durable he was and how many shots he's taken. But Jeff Neal looked like a man possessed this night and he got the knockout. Yeah, so Vicente Luque, uh, he said it himself. He always trusts his chin. He knows he's got maybe the best chin in the UFC. But eventually that chin has got to crack when you fight with that kind of a reckless style. Not that Luque was super reckless in the fight. In fact, I would say that Luque was less aggressive than on seen him in uh, some of these wars. In this fight, he did have his hands up, but he was ripe for the taking because his guard could be split right through by straight punches, and that's what got him. He kept on getting tagged repeatedly, um, and the damage wore him down. And in round one, I scored that a 10-8 because Vicente Luque was on very wobbly legs. He looked practically done to me at that end. At the end of the round, he got knocked down in that round. And then in round two, Jeff Neal uh, really he slowed it down. Uh, it appeared to me that he was scared of getting fatigued because he's had some major uh, issues with his cardiovascular system from diseases. Um, and come round three, his coach made sure that he returned to aggress his aggressive ways. And Jeff Neal finds like six uppercuts in a row. And Luke was so wobbly. It, the majority of guys would have already been out by the time uh, Luke o got finished. So Luke face plants, his body was just done. Uh, when you take that kind of damage, it's just, it's basically impossible not to get knocked out. Because Jeff Neal, his nickname is Hands of Steel for a reason. He cracked uh, Mike Perry's chin. Mike Perry had one of the best chins we've seen. And he knocked out Mike Perry. So Jeff Neal is not a guy you want to trust your durability with because uh, he puts away world-class fighters. And he's got a win over number four below Muhammad right now. So I think Jeff Neal uh, really has a claim at fighting a guy ranked above him right now. Absolutely. I'm not too sure what um, rank they gave him this week. I think he got ranked like right outside of the top five. Like I think he got ranked number six to number eight, something like that. Well, as you talked about, a big fight next. Um, I, I believe he called out Gilbert Burns, so maybe that's one to make next. Yeah, he got he got ranked at number eight. So Gilbert Burns said, "If Jorge Masvidal does not accept the fight later this year, I will fight Jeff Neal." So it's I think it's likely that Masvidal accepts that Burns fight because he wants to fight Connor. Connor just signed on to do a remake of Roadhouse uh, for Amazon Prime Video, so I think Connor's going to be very busy. He will not be fighting until like probably spring of next year. Absolutely. Um, as you talked about, they're kind of out for a bit, um, getting getting that stuff done. But yeah, fantastic win for Jeff Neal, uh, inserting himself uh, back into that top five, top ten of, of the weight of, of the division, which which was crazy because a few fights back, you know, he was getting jabbed to bits against Neil Magny. Yeah, that that was uh, that was a very underwhelming performance. I thought he would do what he did to Luke in this fight, just knock him out. But uh, it was clear to me that he was scared of getting fatigued, and he did get fatigued in that fight. And uh, uh, Neil Magny is a master at uh, art cardio, outlasting guys and punishing them. That's what he did to Jeff Neal. Uh, I think if they run that back right now, I think he destroys uh, Neil Magny. Absolutely agree. Um, I feel like, obviously, after this performance, the confidence in his ability – will just thrive under um, his uh, performance. So, yeah, fantastic performance to Jeff Neal. And we'll, we'll, we'll swiftly move on to the tough 30 high, heavyweight final 
um, between Mohamed Usman and Zach Pauga. And um, last week, we were so, so confident Zach Pauga was going to win this. Um, obviously, we believed in his ability and that. Obviously, we we thought that he was better than Mohamed Usman. And then Usman absolutely shut the lights out, um, which was surprising, obviously, because he had two split decisions on the tough house. So when he needed it most, he produced. Yeah, this was just super shocking to me because Usman looked awful in the house. He fought two low-level heavyweights, and he barely beat him by split decision. And in those fights, he was just a winging big hooks, trying to get these quick KOs, and he didn't land those blows that necessary to finish the fight. Um, but in this fight, he was doing the same thing. So I was thinking round one was going to be uh, a copy for rounds two and three. And in round one, Usman just didn't let his hands go enough. And when he was letting them go, he was just being wild. Didn't have much technique behind it. Meanwhile, Zach Pauga is out striking him clearly and winning uh, winning with his leg kicks as well. So I thought Zach Pauga was about to outpoint him. But at heavyweight, one punch really changes the game. And that one punch was a short left hook. And Zach Pauga went down immediately, got hit with two vicious uh Hammer, hammer of fists, and it was over. I really was impressed by Usman's power because if you watch him on the show, you probably wouldn't even think he hits all that hard. But maybe those guys just had a good chance. But for Zach Pauga, I think this is a cruel reminder that he's a light heavyweight. He can't take punches from heavyweights like uh, Muhammad Usman. Uh, Pago even said himself he doesn't think he's uh, championship material heavyweight. He thinks he's championship material at light heavyweight. And this kind of showed it here. Uh, you're not going to get into the upper echelon if you can't take punches from these guys. Uh, and for Zach Paga, you definitely see that he's a light heavyweight. He is undefeated at light heavyweight, so I think you got to move down for him. I, I assume he got signed off of this because he is damn good. He showed it in round one, but he just can't take those punches from heavyweights. Absolutely agree. I, I do believe that now, now the drop is to go back down to light heavyweight, where obviously... Uh, before he got to the UFC, he fought Marcus Perez, who obviously formula, for, uh, formerly fought inside the UFC, got the win that night. So that's where I think, obviously, it is the most... That's where I feel like... I think it's the... the um, what, what one am I looking for here? Yeah. I'm trying to... Sensible. There you go, the most sensible decision. Yeah. I couldn't get it out, but yeah. Um, one one heavyweight final, uh, top one tough final, and we'll swiftly move on to another final. Uh, heavyweight division, moving over to the women's uh, flyweight division. And um, we were really tough on Juliana Miller in this one. Um, we, we, we thought she actually weren't going to get the win. Um, we thought Brogan Walker would have the experience and obviously the striking. Um, she gets way hit, way hit too much. And we were way, way off, to say the least. Oscar is currently away, but yes, Broken Walker. Uh, it, it didn't seem like she turned up this night. Um, Juliana Miller really, really shocked me with his performance. Um, she, she dominated Brogan start to finish. Um, the elbows, uh, you know, the control time, the you know, the grappling, uh, the striking. Brogan Walker really never got into this fight, and, it, and, and she showed that. Then you know, even though the experience was there, she was different level on the fighter on the on the night as well. Um, a fantastic, you know, fantastic performance, Juliana Miller. Uh, interesting to see where she goes. Oh, she's a tough, tough, tough fight, tough final now. 
Um, Oscar has a, a quick emergency. Uh, but yeah, fantastic performance, Julian Miller, um, getting it done. Uh, a fantastic uh, performance. Uh, I'm a little bit stumbled here, uh, but you know, it's the first time we have to deal with this one. But you know, there's always not, there's not always um, a clean show on this on this MMA on Hinge podcast. But yeah, Julian Miller getting it done. It's a fantastic event. Obviously, the main card was actually absolutely stunning as well. Uh, so Julian Miller getting it really getting it done, putting on a fantastic performance against Brogan Walker, who really never looked like to get into that fight. Uh, the striking, obviously, of Miller, the grappling of Miller was just too too far superior. And, uh, you know, she's got she's got a decent future ahead of her, only 26, I believe. So uh, there's a long way to go for Juliana Miller. Only four and one in her career. She avenged her, only lost on the tough house. So, uh, you know, she, the, only, the only way is up for uh, Juliana Miller. And, uh, well, and, that, and that's it. We'll move on quickly. Uh, this one's going to go as, as quick because, obviously, we don't have um, Oscar here as well to, you know, give his analysis and his talk. But Agasa Sakai... Uh, I, I said it to Oscar last week. I said, I, I, you just can't trust this guy. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, I think he, he's on a down downward spiral. And Sp Sergei Spivak, I, I, I believe I said he would probably be too much for him. And, uh, uh, and, and we'd see a finish. And Spivak was just like a demolition man. Went in there. Um, punches. His, his grappling, um, it, it was phenomenal. Obviously, he hurt Sakai. Um, and a bit of punches, and obviously the grappling as well. The way he controls that guy, which I, which I thought he would have that edge in, um, and obviously got the the, the Tico finish. Um, a phenomenal performance from um, Spivak. Um, obviously coming off that Tom Aspinall loss, um, coming off um, the Greg Hardy win in his last fight. So that's two back to back now for him. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he goes from here. But Augusta Sakai, uh, I, I don't know what's going, on. I don't know what's gone wrong recently, but uh, there's something that needs to change. Um, once touted as a good prospect, until we ran into. Off the top of my head, I can't. I can't remember. He ran into someone and um, ha uh, suffered a knockout loss, and since then, as I talked about, it just went down the downward spiral. Um, but yeah, fantastic performance for Sergio Spivak. You know, he, he's grappling looked good, and obviously he's striking, um, seeing some improvements. Uh, so, so it's a good for him. Uh, we're seeing him get 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 some good results, and um, we'll move on to the main card opener between Terrence McKenney versus Eric Gonzalez. Um, it, it, it was phenomenal. Uh, Terence McKenney, obviously, off uh, off the back of his um his last fight, had to fight Drew Dober. Came in there a little bit reckless. Did didn't get the finish. He got finished. Um, it, it, it was it was bittersweet for Terence McKenney because he had his opportunity in that fight and it, and they didn't really take it. Um, Drew Dober uh, managed to turn it around and get the finish and. Uh, I said last week about Terence McKinney, I said it might go to the second round. And Oscar was like, are, are you stupid? And I was like, oh, I don't know what it is. I feel like we might see a, patient, a more patient Terence McKinney. Um, maybe he's learned from his mistake in his last fight. Oh, dear, was I wrong. Terence McKinney went in there and he he went for the kill uh, in that first round and obviously got the rare naked choke in, in the first round too. He, he was just better than Gonzalez. Um, Terence McKinney is so well-rounded. It's ridiculous. He can take the fight. Pretty much anywhere he likes. Uh, that, that's what's really good um, about Terrence McKinney. He obviously called up Paddy Pimlet uh, after that one, which is uh, quite a scary match after Paddy. But um, Terrence McKinney really putting himself out there in that lightweight division. He's, he's got a real future. He's got some really good attributes. Um, if the striking doesn't go well, he's shown this fight that he can go to the grappling. But obviously the striking was going well. Too. Um, he hits like an absolute truck. His speed is absolutely ridiculous. And he showed everything in this fight. And uh, the future is really bright for Terrence McKinney. It'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. 
it keeps on going, ladies and gentlemen. We're on to the prelims. The final prelims. We had four prelims. Sam Alvey versus Misha Olenchechek. Man, oh man. Um, we talked about it last week. Sam Alvey shouldn't have been inside the UFC. It was six losses or six losses and a draw um, without a win. It was just not looking good for him, was it? And um, we, we saw it. He came out and his, um, he was walking out and his, his family was in the crowd and it, it was just set up for disaster. Um, Michelle and Chechek dropping down from 205 pounds to 185 pounds to middleweight. And this guy is an absolute savage. Um, and they they paired him up with Sam Alvey, who's just not looking great. Um, and it, it really showed in the first minute he gets dropped. First two, then the first three minutes he's finished. He's knocked out. He's got a broken jaw. Um, he's got his leg crossed on his back, looking up at the stars, looking at the lights. It was just... It was a terrible, terrible situation for Tom Alvey. Um, he shouldn't have been in there, let's be honest. We're going to be honest. But the UFC gave him, you know, you know, their word of they're going to let him fight out the contract. Uh, and obviously, he came up against Michelle Lechechek, who was, uh, if, I, if I believe, maybe ranked at light heavyweight um, once upon a time. And obviously some losses but yeah sam alvey should not have been in this fight and it showed within one minute and 56 seconds he was knocked out broken jaw on the floor and two minutes later he was going to hospital so it, it, it was ridiculous um fantastic from michelle and the check um did what he needed to do and he just had no respect for sam alvey and he just went in there and absolutely destroyed him uh fantastic performance from michelle interested to see where he goes from here as well um maybe he could push into that you know middleweight rankings there's some really good um matchups and he's in, in his natural weight cast as well so that's good for him um as well. So moving on, Brian Bow. Wow, what an absolute performance. Um, I talked to Oscar um, before we went on the show. It was crazy because Brian Bow, his first um, amateur loss uh, was at heavyweight and he lost via the, the, the right high kick and obviously won this one by the right high kick against Takashi Sato. I thought Takashi Sato was uh, going to be too, more, too, too experienced, too good. Um, if you look at um, Sato's last performance, he fought Gunnar Nelson, but he, I thought maybe the competition... That they've recently been fighting, you know, it's, it, it's far too superior. Battle, obviously, coming off a win against um, Trayshawn Gore. Trayshawn Gore, you know, not the um, most skilled of middleweights. Um, obviously, that was a middleweight in that one. Obviously, this one's a welterweight, sorry. Um, so, this is his welterweight debut, and he, he looked fantastic, and he really asserted himself in that division. And Takashi Sato, I was talked about, oh, Gunnar Nelson. Uh, I just thought the experience factor would be maybe a little bit too much for Battle. Um, but he didn't let it. He didn't let it be too much. Um, he landed that right high kick, and it was absolutely fantastic in round one. Forty-four seconds. The lights were out in Japan. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Takashi Sato. The, the speed of Brian Battle was ridiculous, and he really showed it. And it was, um, he, he's got good charisma, and he's really good on the mic, and he showed it. And he called out Ian Gary. Um, obviously, I saw a terrible, terrible nightmare matchup for Ian Gary. I've got, I'm going to be honest. And um, yeah, fantastic uh, performance for Brian Battle. Um, maybe breaking into into his way into the workweight division, you know, the rankings uh, in in a few years. But you know, he's got to take some hard tests, hard fights. And I thought this was one, but he passes one with flying colours. Uh, moving over to Corey McKenna, um, the first von von Fluke choke inside uh, was it in women's history, I do believe. Um, obviously, notoriously known as um the OSP choke or whatever you want, the the von uh, Saint Pru choke, um. Yeah, he's uh she 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 got it done. She got it against Miranda Gerringer. Um, obviously McKenna after our last performance against Elise Reed, I just really had no confidence in her in her game. Um, uh, I, I felt like um she was always going to be overmatched in obviously the size, the reach. Uh, I feel like she was always going to be overmatched. Um, 
in our fights. Uh, but yeah, Miranda Granger, um, it just showed that obviously um, Cora McKenna, she's got some, she's got some abilities about her. She's got some talent, um, but obviously, you know, her arms and her, the reach and obviously the height is that she's always going to find some difficulty moving forward. Um, but she got three out of four takedowns and that's what really won the fight. And then when she got that one flute choke, it was absolutely beautiful. Second, the second fight, it was good to see, um, you know, a submission, a, you know, a rare submission that we don't really see that much. So congrats to Corey McKenna, obviously, and getting it done for Wells. Um, absolutely beautiful. Um, then moving over to the first fight of the night, Bruno Silva getting it done against Stephanie Edgar. I mean, one minute and 17 seconds. This was a, this was a, a clamorous of a show. Um, what she, she, um, she got the submission, the armor, Edgar was saying that she, uh, well, she stayed quiet, to be honest. She still was staying quiet. She was hoping that no one's seen it, to be honest. She was hoping that no one had seen the tap. And then I think out of nowhere, they found a guy, sat the, sat the side, I think it was a judge, said that he saw the tap. Um, let's be honest, you could tell in the demeanour of Edgar that she had tapped. Um, she, she was just hoping that one, no one saw it. Yeah, but you, you could tell in the way she reacted and the way, you know, after the fight, um, she had tapped. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy that, obviously, that the fight result, Went the way it should have wanted, uh, went it uh, should have should have went. Um, but yeah, Silver done well to get the job done. A fantastic armbar performance, and uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was a good one. Uh, Edgar moved on. Um, obviously getting the armbar, two losses back to back now, and obviously Breno Silva getting that armbar. Yeah, what a fantastic event this was. Uh, if you look here, right right here, right now, submission, armbar, submission from Vuchok, kick, punch, uh, rear naked choke. This one's a TKO. Uh, next one is an elbow between Julia Miller and obviously had that absolute phenomenal knockout between Mohamed Usman, uh, absolutely starchy and Zach Pauga. Uh, and then uh, obviously Vicente Luque, Jeff Neal. It was set up to be fight the night, set up to be an absolute war. Jeff Neal put on a fantastic performance. And obviously at the top of the bill, Jamil Hill getting it done against Togo Santos, his best opponent to date. And he put on his one of his best performances in his career. Um, he had to dig deep in it. Uh, round four, it both men were tied, and it was whoever wanted it more. And Jamal Hill got the job done in round four. It was phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, that moves them up in the division. It'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. Uh, unfortunately, we still don't have Oscar. I don't think he'll be joining us for the rest of the show. Um, there is a little emergency. Um, but yeah, we're, we, we, we'll move on the show. It is the March and Silver Emma show, but it is the March today. So we'll definitely move on. Um, we got some good fights this weekend, and obviously we had the Dana White Contender Series. If anyone watched the Contender Series, um, it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, obviously, we had last weekend, last week we had um, Chris Duncan getting it done in the main event against um, Charlie Campbell. Uh, a wild back and forth in that main event. Um, crazy. I'm just so happy for Chris Duncan. He's, he's been on the show. We've talked to him. He's such a really good guy. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad he's, you know, he's got that UFC contract, that, that redemption. Of, of that first fight in the contender series, you know, he got knocked out against Vladimir or, or oh, I can't remember his name or Vla, Vla, something, something like that. Um, Bor Borishev or some, um, he fought Marty Casey. I just forgot his name. I'm really bad with names. Oscar would be able to correct me if he was here. Uh, but yeah, uh, he had, he had the first chance and didn't go his way. And obviously the second one did go his way and he's got the UFC contract now. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad it's, um, it's finally going his way. You know, he's a good guy. Um, he's got he's got you know a good family around him, and obviously good to see him getting it done. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, I mean that 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 contender series last weekend was ridiculous. I think there was four contracts that might have been handed out. There's a new heavyweight that we have, and he's already booked. Um, Waldo Acosta, I do believe. 
um, put on a fantastic performance against a, a tough Brazilian. Um, finished him. Um, he's a former boxing, uh, former boxing champion, uh, not not champion contender. I want to say he's fought um, so, so, some good boxing. He's now transitioned over to MMA. So interesting to see how he gets on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really good last week, and um, obviously we got some fantastic fighters out of that show. Um, but yeah, we're swiftly. Obviously, we've got PFL as well. We had PFL last week. We had such a good, such a good events last week. PFL. Stevie Ray getting it done in the main event against Anthony Pettis, just like our, just like our, I would, I would say, I knew he would, but it was, it was a fantastic performance that split, I do believe, or, or unanimous, but it was a really, really close fight, 29-28, um, but I'm just glad for Stevie Ray, you know, he moves into the final, he gets a chance at $1 million in the PFL do, uh, in championship, it's it's really good for, um, for obviously seeing these you know these Europeans and these British guys you know getting getting these contracts getting you know he was main eventing at Madison Square Garden ridiculous really 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 proud to see him you know getting it done uh, but yeah PFL was on last week fantastic event as well obviously top of the bill Steve Ray getting it done against Sam Pettis uh, phenomenal um, and then obviously we've got this weekend's card uh, an absolute barn burner of a main event we've got ladies and gentlemen. Between Marlon Chito Vera and the former champion Dominic Caruso, I mean the main event alone is um, worthy of anyone's money. Uh, obviously, it's a fight night, so we don't have to pay. So that's uh, always a plus. Uh, but yeah, this is a fantastic um, fight card. I love the main card. Um, this, the co-main event is ridiculous too. Um, but yeah, Marlon Chito Vera versus Dominic Caruso is the main event, and I've got to be honest, I I, I do like. Dominic Cruz, he's uh, one of the first few fighters I've watched. He's a legend. Um, WEC back in the day, he had some fantastic fights with Aldo, um, Faber. Um, you know, really, really put his um, name in the map back in the day. But obviously, fell um, off a little bit. Um, had that loss against Henry Cejudo. Came back against Casey Kenny in his last fight. He beat Pedro Munoz, and obviously now he's in a main event against Manchi um, Vera. Manchi Vera is on a totally different wavelength um, at the moment. If you look. You know, you know where he's at at the moment. Um, in his last fight, absolutely decimating, uh, destroying the face of Rob Font, putting a fantastic performance. Um, and that's why I'm pretty much choosing Martin Chiaveri. He's, he's hungry, he's young. Uh, I think that um, the, you know the, the youth and the you know the the, um, the, the athleticism of Martin Chiaveri is going to get him over the line in this one. Um, Martin Chiaveri, obviously, he hit the leg kicks as well. Are ridiculous. We saw it in the Sean O'Malley fight, completely shot off the ankle, and obviously um, we saw it in the Rob Front fight too. He, he likes to power them legs through, and um, it pretty much shut off anyone's cast. And obviously, Cruz had difficulties in the Henry Cejudo fight, so maybe that's a, a way Manchester can look at uh, in this fight. You know, a target, um, and I believe he will. And I think he's going to get a job done. I see this one going to the scorecards. Um, and Martin Chito Vera getting a unanimous decision win. This is going to be a really good one um, in the main event as well. This one is going to be definitely one I'm going to be tuned into, obviously. Um, and obviously, the next one as well, Nate Lamweir versus David Onama. Um, Onama. Make, uh, David Onama made his debut against Mason Jones on short notice. He might have lost that fight, but he put on a fantastic performance. He showed the world what he's about. Um, he came in as a heavy, heavy underdog. And he really put on um, a, a fantastic performance, a, you know, a, a really durable um, performance. He kept coming forward, put on the pressure, and he wasn't intimidated or scared of the moment or the pressure. And, that, and that, that's what we're seeing some, uh, you know, a lot of good things out of him in that fight. And I guess Nate, Nate Lambert, um, we've seen recently, 
Obviously, he has um he's had a few losses. Had, had a loss against Herbert Burns. Uh, off the top of my head, though, in, in his last fight, I can't remember who who he fought. Uh, but we've seen him knocked out quite a few times, um, and that, that's what I think the fate might be this weekend. I think he might, we might see him stopped. Oh, he got knocked out against Julian Rosa, and obviously got knocked out against Herbert Burns. Um, David Anoma, in his last fight, which is only just a week, um, a month ago, um, j- just over a month, against Garnet Arnfield, arm, arm triangle choke. Before that, Gabriel Bonitas uh, punches, standing TKO. He's going to get a finish here, and it's going to be against Nate Lamwe, and it's going to be at a sta- maybe a standing TKO or um, something powerful when Nate Lamwe is out, out cold, or maybe in a submission because he had, obviously Nate has been submitted in the past. But uh, yeah, uh, David Onama is going to is, is going to finish uh, Nate Lamwe in this one. I, I definitely, I definitely think so. Um, this is a fantastic camera. Nate Lamwe is always a always in a firefight he loves to fight he loves to brawl um definitely keep your eye on this one um this one's going to be absolutely uh, absolutely phenomenal to watch in the main event uh this co-main event sorry uh but we'll swiftly move on to yasmin it uh, if oscar was here he'd be able to he'll be able to correct me but i'm going to call her yasmin in this one against lucindo lucindo um the brazilian uh coming into this fight I think they're both making their debut from correct. Yeah, both making their debut inside the UFC. Uh, one's eight and zero, one's thirteen and four. Um, Yasmin fought in combate uh, global. Um, only a few decisions in her career, and one, two doctor stoppages, two decisions, some KOs as well. And if you look at uh, Lacedo, um, a few decisions, uh, rare naked chokes, a few, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, this one's a, a tough one for me to pick. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm not very knowledgeable of either women. Um, and this one's gonna be a, t- a tough one for me to pick. So, and but off the top of my head, um, it's gonna be out, just out of it. I'm gonna go for Yasmin, um, in the Mexican to get this one done. She's eight and zero. Um, a lot of finishes, only a few decisions. But you know, this one's gonna be good. Um, obviously. This one's this one's gonna be good. I'm excited to see this one, but I'm gonna go with Yasmin, the Mexican, uh, to get this one done. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to Devin Clark versus Murzakanov. Murzakanov, um, the Russian uh, Devin Clark. Obviously, we've all seen that picture of him. Um, you know, getting his teeth knocked out against. Um, I can't remember who it was against. He got his teeth um, like knocked behind him. Was it against Ayn Kutalawa? Maybe Anthony Smith? Anthony Smith, yeah. yeah Anthony, and then obviously in his last fight against William Knight, he got that um the elbow and the elbows and the hooks to, to finish him. Um and if you look at um Azmat, Azmat Urikanov, in his last fight, he fly need um Tafan Chuku. And then obviously extended series knocked out um Mafias um Sheffield Sheffield, who's on the PFL right now. Um, right hook, and obviously he finished him in the ground a pound. Uh, but ta- he knocked out flying knee with ta- uh, Tafan Juku, which, not, if I'm correct, to say maybe a fight that he was losing, um, up until uh, the finish. Um, and Devin Clark, obviously, as I talked about, beat William Knight, um, lost to Ian Kutalaba, lost to Anthony Smith, lost to Ryan Spann. But other than that, he's you know, he's beat some, he's beat some, um. The guys he's meant to beat, uh, he beat William Knight, beat Lonzo Menfield, beat Daquan da- Townsend, beat Dosko Stodic, uh, Mike Rodriguez, Jake Collier, Josh um, Stoundsbury. He's he beat guys that he's meant to beat, but when he gets to these, you know, he's, he's vain, you know, valuable names, uh, Ian Kutlava, Anthony Smith, Ryan Span, Alexander Rakic, Hamburovic, 
he's he he's fell. Um, and he, he's up against a tough prospect, eleven and zero, a Russian. Yeah, this guy's going to bring it, and uh, obviously, I feel like this is a tough one to pick. But I am going for Devin Clark in this one. Um, he is the minus three hundred favorite according to ESPN. Um, yeah, I like it. I like Devin Clark in this one. Oh, actually, no, I'm looking at the wrong. I'm looking at the wrong odds. Excuse me for that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. What, um, I don't know what the odds are on him, but I I picked Devin Clark. I think um. We, we, we could maybe see a, a fantastic performance from Devin Clark. He's lost it. Obviously, if you look at the six losses, don't get put off by them. There are against uh, some fantastic guys. As I talked about, Jan Blomich, Anderson Rakic, Ryan Spann, uh, Ayn Kutalaba, Anthony Smith. Um, some really good names under, under, under the losses. So, yeah, I wouldn't look too much into that. I, I think Devin Clark can get it done. The wrestling, the striking, though, that's what really, really, really puts me off. But, I think Devin Clark can really get it done. Uh, moving on to the next fight. Sifat Carvalho versus Nina Nunes. Nina Nunes, it's her time, her chance to get one done. Obviously, Amanda, her fiance or wife, I want to say. Um, I, I'm too sure. Uh, but yeah, it's her chance. Obviously, Amanda getting it done against um, Julian Pena the other day, uh, the other week, I mean. Uh, this one's good. Sifat Carvalho, obviously not on the greatest run of form. Three losses back to back, but neither is Nuna Nunes. Cynthia Carvillo lost to Andrea Lee, um, where she kind of, you know, on, on the stool, she kind of gave up. Uh, Jessica Andrade, she got stopped. Kenton Shikagan, um didn't really get into that fight. Uh, Nina Nunes, as of late, is two losses back to back. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, she lost via armbar. Tatiana Suarez, yes, Tatiana Suarez, that was the last time I think we've seen Tatiana Suarez. Um, yes, indeed, it was. That was in 2019. Since then, we have not seen a Tatiana Suarez fight. It's crazy. The potential she had is ridiculous. Um, yeah, this one's a tough one for me to pick. Um, but I don't know where Nina Nunes, Nina Nunes is at at this moment. Um, but then again, I don't know where Cynthia Calvillo is at this moment. Um, a very, very tough one to pick, and it really showed on the odds. Minus 160 favorite for Calvillo, um, plus 140 favorite. Uh, underdog for Nunes. Uh, I'm going to go with Calvillo. Um, I just see the youngest, and obviously I, this one's just a tough one to pick. I just don't know where Nunes is at, and I think Calvillo is just going to edge out a really, really close split decision uh, in this one. Uh, we'll swiftly move on to Bruno Silva versus um, Jared Minshart, and this one's just an easy one. This one's an easy pick. Uh, Bruno Silva, I absolutely uh, adore. His, his striking is good. Um, and obviously against the Jared uh, Jared Mershart, he's a fantastic grappler. Um, we've seen it in the past. Bruno Silva, his last loss, I do believe that might have been against Alex Pereira. Yeah, it was against Alex Pereira decision. Even though he went to decision, he had some moments in that fight standing as well. He had some moments standing in that fight. Um, and that's what gave me a, a lot of confidence to pick him against Jared uh, Mershart. Um, he knocked out Jordan Wright. He knocked out Andrew Sanchez. Knocked out Wellington Terman. This guy is a savage. Um, he's only lost to, obviously, Alex Pereira inside the UFC. Um, he, he has fought in the Ultimate Fighter, but we don't really count that. Jared Mershart coming off a loss against J Christoph Drotko, and I believe we're going to see him get two losses back-to-back. -back. I think Bruno Silva is going to finish him. He's got heavy hands. He's got crisp punching. He's um, very, very slick. And uh, I think we're going to see a knockout in this one. Uh, moving on to the prelims, uh, Angela Hill versus Lupi Gondinez. Um, this one's a tough one to pick, obviously. Lupi Gondinez is um, a very, very likable character. Um, we've seen her on the mic. Um, she gets very excited. Um, 
obviously Angela Hill as well. She's been inside the UFC for a very, very, very long time. Um, Loopy coming off a, a win against Ariana Karolosi, Lumen Luke Bume, um, a loss against Luana Karolina, where she stepped in at short notice, and we both, me and um, Oscar both agreed that was such a, not a wise decision, um, stepping in short notice against Luana Karolina, the bigger woman, um, very rangy, and obviously it was like after a, a week's notice as well, which, which was incredible. Um, Angela Hill, 13-12, not the prettiest of records, um, but if you look at all her fights, decisions, 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 split decisions, it's just not looking great for her at the moment. A lot, a lot of the United decision loss against Rana Jaradoba, where she, she really didn't get into that fight. Uh, split decision against Amanda Lemos. Um, Tatiana, uh, no, Tisha Torres. She won a win against Ashley Yoda. Michelle Watson Gomez, Claudia um, Gardella. Uh, and uh, Randa Marcos, Courtney Casey, Nina Nunes, Jack Andrade. She's really fought the best of the best in the division. Um, and Lupi has got a really, really tough test on our hands against Angela Hill. Obviously, we know how good Angela Hill is when it comes to striking. Um, but when she faces a grappler, that's where we see her tend to not have the best success. And that's what I'm predicting here. Um, I'm predicting Angela Hill to not have the best success against Lupi and uh, pretty much get, maybe not controlled, but... Loopy's going to have success with the grappling. Um, I think we know that. And um, I think that's what's going to maybe not make, make make Hill hesitant when she doesn't want to come forward in a strike. And that's where she's going to have the downfall. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with Loopy Gunnias in this one. Um, a tough one to pick, actually. I, I, I would say a gimme. Uh, no, not a gimme. A very even odds uh, pick, uh, pick. So tough one to pick. I really want to bet on this one. This really could go different ways. Uh, moving on to the next fight, got Marcin Bidet versus Br Brzezinski. Brzezinski. <laughs> These names get harder every week. I say that every week too. Uh, this is a heavyweight fight. Everyone loves a heavyweight fight. Uh, Lucas Brzezinski obviously coming off um, a extended series fight um, where uh, he won, I believe, by rear naked choke, but that one got overturned um, due to uh, a test, uh, a positive test. So. That, that's interesting. Interesting for that one. Um, is he clean for this one? Uh, does he need it to to power him through? Uh, Martin Bidet getting a win over Chris Barnett. Um, Oz obviously had a win on the extended series as well as Lorenzo Hood. Um, a lot of finishes in his career. Punches are Kamora's submissions. Um, his only loss comes to Juan Espes, uh, Espino, who was seen inside the UFC Spaniard. Um, a very, very good fighter. This one's tough for me to pick. But, and, you know, I really like Martin Bidet in this one. Um, this one's, uh, yeah, again, really, really close fight. But I think Martin Bidet has all the means to get this done. Only because Martin Bidet is the bigger man. Um, but almost 30 pounds. Uh, obviously, um, Lucas Brzezinski weighed in 234 pounds in his last fight. Martin Bidet came in 264. Even though they're heavyweights, that 30 pounds is going to be a massive, massive uh, advantage for mine. And that's where I see it paying a factor uh, in this one. Moving on swiftly to the next one, Charlie. Um, we got Chris in the chat. Let's <laughs> go jam KSR boxing. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we did have Oscar on the show, but unfortunately he had to, a family emergency and he had to leave but yeah thank you for joining us um shout out to chaos boxing they do some great content over there they talk about boxing and obviously uh the news of kelbrook maybe i uh, see i'm no good at boxing to be honest no good about talking about boxing krish uh i want to say 
is it Keith Term Terman called out Kelbrook or or not Kelbrook? No, Connor Ben. Sorry, Connor Ben. Keith Terman called out Connor Ben. All right, that's it. That's it. Um, uh, excuse my box knowledge. I bet you're so offended. I, I, I feel so bad for you. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Benitez, take on Charlie um, Ontiveros. Charlie Ontiveros. To be honest, he, he shouldn't be inside the UFC. Uh, I'm going to say it plain and simple. Um, I'm going to let everyone know it as well. Charlie Ontiveros. Obviously, a huge, huge lightweight. Um, he's absolutely ridiculous. Um, ridiculously big for the division. Um, six foot two, 76.5 inch reach. <laughs> Appreciate you, champ. Don't sweat it. And Keith is calling everyone out. I think he'll fight Danny Garcia next in a rematch. Hmm, interested. Um, obviously, I'm not very good at boxing, but obviously, I heard Tyson Fury as well. He, he called out... Um, Derek Tazora, uh, I think Tyson Fury needs to make his mind up off his stem, retired off. He's coming out, but yeah, he, he, he's a money man. He knows how to he knows how to build it up. So interesting. Uh, yeah, I think Gabriel Benitez on keeper place. Gabriel Benitez is going to win this one, even though two losses back to back against Billy, Billy Contino and David Onama. But yeah, Charlie in Charlie and Tavares should not be inside the UFC. Um, two losses back to back against Kevin Holland and Steve Garcia. Um, yeah, this one's going to be easy for, well, not easy, but I think it's going to be a bit one-sided, lopsided for Gabriel Benitez. And, uh, this, this is a really good fight, um, for Gabriel Benitez to get this one done. And then if we talk about good fights, the next one, Odie Osborne versus Tyson. Nam, this one's going to be an absolute barn burner. Um, very, very good fights, um, on the flyweight division. Odie Osborne, two back-to-back -back wins, um, coming off, uh, Adeshev and C. Dave Vigera. Um, Tyson Nam, um, he's coming off a loss against split decision loss against Matt Chanel. Um, I, I like Odie Osborne. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be straight. I like Odie Osborne in this one. I, I think the striking is very, very good. We've seen it against Jerome Rivera when he knocked him out. Um, obviously, he got knocked out against Manel Cap, but I'm not looking too much into that. Um, he also got submitted against Brian Kelleher, but I'm not looking in too much into that. We know how. We know how powerful Tyson Nam is. We saw it against Adeshev fight. We saw it in the Jerome Rivera fight. Um, yeah, we know how power powerful Tyson Nam is. When he gets the strike and he's going, he lands, it could be a real, real problem for Odie Osborne. But I think, I'm believing in Odie Osborne. I believe in the Jamaican. And I think he can get it done. Uh, it'll be a very, very close fight. And he is the favorite on, on, the, on the odds. Uh, but yeah, this one's a very close one. Uh, moving on to the next one as well. Yusuf Salau. I mean, he's been so unlucky in his last few fights. Um, if you look, three losses back to back, um, but he's fought some absolute savages. Sean Woodson, absolute savage. Split decisions. Um, Song Wu Choi, absolute savage. Ilya Tapuria, absolute savage. Um, he started off his career inside the UFC with a, a really good run. Three three wins back to back against Austin Lingo, uh, Jordan Griffin, Peter Barnett, and obviously fell back to back to three losses as well. So he's three and three inside the UFC, and I think this is where he's going to pick it up once again. Um, is allowed, I also talked about, sort of fought some absolute savages inside the UFC, and if you look at um, his opponent, uh, Blackshear, he's fought, so he, he's been around the block, he's, he's fought Pat Sabatini, Chris Martinia, Keith Richardson, he's fought Danny Sapatello, um, his losses are against credible guys, and but I just see Eustace Salah getting back in the wing column, getting back to it. You know, how he used to look, his, his striking is very clean once he gets it going, and that's how that's how we're going to see it. If 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 Eustace Salah gets his striking going early and often, we're going to see him uh, cruise to unanimous decision victory. But Blackshear, I don't, we don't know what to expect from him. Um, 
four wins back to back, and um, a lot of them by submission. So Yusuf Zalau, he's not been submitted since he has not been submitted in his UFC career, or not in his MMA career. So that gives you hope of him being able to survive on the ground. So we're just going to have to see what Black Shea is all about on the ground. But I think Yusuf Zalau, even if he does get taken down, he can get straight back up and get his striking going. Um, moving over to next fight, Ariana Lipsky versus Pat Pachera Carrera. Um, Cashier, um, this one was meant to be last last weekend's fight, I do believe. Um, if if I'm correct, saying is there another fight? There should be. I thought um, Jason Witt was fine. Um, Josh Quinlan, uh, I'm not too sure where that one's gone, but yeah, Anna Lipsky versus Pasha Carella. Uh, Cashiella. This one's this one's obviously a tough one to pick. Um, it could really go away, but I, I think I picked Ariana Lipsky last weekend, and I'm gonna stay with that pick um obviously it fell through a few uh, almost uh, a few fights or a few two days before the fight but she beat mandy bone but if you look at pashira cashuera um lost to jillian kim a uh, beat jillian kim sorry could have went the other way lost to jillian robertson um she got submitted um but I'm going to go with the Queen of Violence. Uh, she called the Queen of Violence for a reason. And now we're going to see a lot of elbows inside that clinch. And she's going to piece up Cachiella inside the clinch and get the job done and go to a United decision victory. This card this weekend, it's not the most of stacked. I don't expect to, you know, obviously we had a fantastic card this last weekend. So don't really expect too much. Don't expect 10, 11 finishes out, 11 finishes again. Um, it'd be really rare. So obviously, imagine back-to-back finishes. That'd be absolutely insane. Uh, but yeah, sorry for the disappointing episode. Um, obviously, we did have um, Oscar. He was there uh, earlier on. He had to unfortunately leave uh, due to a family emergency. Uh, so I do apologise for that. Um, but I did carry on. I wanted to carry on. I wanted to get a quick give out. Yes, so obviously, we do have the, the Spotify listeners. Uh, thank you, everyone, for obviously letting on Spotify. And obviously, we've got the YouTube listeners. Uh, there might not be many of you, but we'll see you out there. Um, I know we've got more on Spotify, so if you check over on Spotify, um, Oscar always tells me that we have fans from the Philippines, I think he says, um, that regularly listen. It's, it's crazy, so it's, and it's quite funny as well. Um, so hello to the Philippines out there, if, you, if you're listening. Um, make sure you tune in every week. Uh, we're always live on YouTube, um, Tuesdays, 6.30pm British Summertime. And Oscar, I do believe, is 12.30 Central Time. I do believe, but obviously you can't correct me on that, so I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, make sure to check us out. Um, Christian, the chat, KSR Boxing, but it was great, man. I'll check it out, man. Need to get that MMA knowledge up. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, MMA is that? It's, it's taking over. You know it's taking over. MMA is growing um, lengths by lengths every single fight, uh, every single weekend, every single event. It's, it's, it's really good, a really good sport. Uh, but yeah, boxing... I just, I just, I just want to see the best of them fight the best, and I, I don't think you see it happen that much, and that's what really it, sometimes it really pisses me off the sport. So, but yeah, I'll have a quick drink because I've been talking for a very long time. Ah, that's bad. All right, anyway, yeah, thank you all for tuning in, Chris. Thank you so much for joining the chat. Obviously, meals as well, but at the top, I intoxicated as well. Thanks so much, everyone who's ch- tuned in. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. From Lenny and from Oscar, a very goodbye. And we tune in. Make sure you tune in next week where we get to talk about obviously what happened.